Hello and welcome back to the 4th and Forever podcast. I'm Stuart Bothwell and returning to the podcast after an injury sustained whilst rescuing a box of kittens from a burning car, it's Darren Butter. How you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Alright, I'm okay. Totally alright? No. Any pain? A little bit of pain, man. I don't know where the kittens come into it, but... Oh, well, like, by all means, tell us your heroic story. I'll set it to some really dramatic music. Tell me exactly what happened. I'm sure the listeners are dying to know. Well, I went to bed with flu-like symptoms, or very stiff and painful symptoms, and then I woke up, and apparently in the night I'd torn a muscle in my trapezoid and muscle in my back, so... The most interesting part of that was the word trapezoid. Mm. Everything else, like there was no kittens or, or no. dogs or anything like that. Or Literally, I have small turned, children. I have turned in my sleep while having probably one of my arms trapped, and I have pulled, torn it out, torn part of it. So that's nowhere near as heroic as I was hoping. No, no, it's, um, it was terrible. It was literally like waking up on a Friday morning, thinking you're about to go to work and get some shit done, mm-hmm. and not being able to move. And the issue with it was not mainly like, yeah, you know, it's it's not that bad an injury in terms of how long it'll take to recover, but in terms of the shooting pain through your like lower neck and ear and back and stuff, it was it was pretty bad. So I had to go and get painkillers, and the painkillers they've given me are pretty pretty strong. So mm-hmm. not really being able to operate any heavy machinery or. <laughs> Um, can you operate a podcast? Well, I don't know if I'm awake, I can. Okay. Are, you, are you sure? Because <laughs> yeah. we've gone through about 23 episodes of this so far and you've not managed yet, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's fine. You know, you say we have to do this at 2pm and I'm still asleep at 3pm. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Uh, and um, we're, we're all, all wishing you a very speedy recovery in, in your injury. Uh, so you can get right back to it. And of course, we have we have an NFL season to get to, Darren. I know, it's so fucking close, man. Good ball. Beep. Um, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be glad, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, but of course, we're lagging a little bit, a little bit behind because we need to get through our list of NFC teams, sorry, NFC divisions and who their winners and losers are going to be, as far as we're concerned. We'll also maybe go back to the AFC South, because I think we might need to make some adjustments there <laughs> based on some news that's happened quite recently. But uh, before we get into any of that, I think we should discuss some of the news around the NFL. So uh, today, uh, the Colts signed uh, journeyman quarterback Brian Hoyer to a three-year, $12 million deal and signed backup quarterback, now starting quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, to a two-year, $30 million deal. So they're putting their money where their mouth is, but on a short-term basis, going to let Brissett prove it on a on starting quarterback money, see how he goes. What do you feel about their chances at quarterback this season? If the Colts were a small building business, they've literally bought a lease on a ute mm-hmm. for them to carry their stuff around in. Yeah. And they've got a lease on a Mazda Demio for their, like, <laughs> oldest son and probably their office admin person to go to the shops in. Mm-hmm. So they've got Brian Horner and his Mazda Demio, mm-hmm. and they've got Jacoby and his Toyota Ute. You know, it's it's good, it's fine. It'll get you to A to B. 
But this is a logging company. Yeah. So. <laughs> is it going to win you business? It might not win you business, but mm. it's going to keep you going. It's going to work forward. I love both of them. I, I love always. I like Hoyer. I'm a Browns mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I enjoyed his company through my first <laughs> couple of years of toils. Yeah. Um, God, he's there holding your hand. <laughs> what, well, would you probably explain why he was throwing so many interceptions? Just rubbing his head and looking into it occasionally. Um, that was a bald joke. Sorry, uh, lowest, lowest of the low. Ugh, com- lowest common denominator. Hoyer's a good locker room guy. So is, so is Jacoby Brissett. Apparently, he's Jesus then, walking. So I think if Jacoby's injured with that, they have Hoyer. But should I tell you my theory? Do please, please do. Give us give us some theory. So they signed Jacoby to a two-year extension. Mm-hmm. Signed Brian Hoyer to a three-year extension. Mm, there's a one-year difference in the yeah, length of those contracts, there. If you do some math and you look at what Andrew Luck was talking about and the general recovery time of certain injuries that certain people have. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if they're trying to. But the Colts have left themselves in a very good position to get a 31-year-old Andrew Luck <laughs> to play for them in two years' time. I love your optimism. Like, is it is optimism or is this no, just like just pure conspiracy theory? Conspiracy theory. <laughs> I mean, you give Andrew Luck two years because there's something in our podcast. Not sure what one of us was talking about, like how you know traveling isn't a job mm-hmm. and how. You know, you can only do so many breakfasts on a beach in Greece before going, oh, Jesus, I need to need do something. go home and do some work. And I wonder how much Andrew Luck will feel that. He might not feel that at all. But mm. with a two-year contract for Brissette, you definitely leave yourself open to being like, hey, Andrew, every 12 months. Yeah, just, just pick up the phone and be like, hey, I know, it's, I know it's been a while, but I was just sitting here thinking of you. <laughs> Just, just want, just want to know how you're doing. Cut I mean, some concrete. I mean, I mean, we're, <laughs> I mean, we're okay, right? But yeah, I just, I just, do you want to, do you want to do lunch sometime, Andrew? Yeah. Just, just pop round. Just lunch. Just, it's, it's not nothing big. Just, just lunch. Just lunch. About... Oh, oh, this contract just fell out of my <laughs> oh, pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a book about Victorian architecture. <laughs> You'd it's, love it. It's next to my nipple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, Colts are not going to give up on luck. No. Without a battle, and I think a two-year contract for Brissette is literally pointing out that in two years' time they're going to be right there. Mm. And if a thirty-one-year-old, you only be thirty-one. Mm-hmm. A thirty-one-year-old Luck is ready to come back and play. This is a family NFL man. Mm-hmm. He'll be ready to go instantly. Mm. Like we're not going to Andrew Luck is not going to be four from Endgame. Mm-hmm. He's not going to turn up with a belly. He's not going to turn up with a massive beard. Mm-hmm. If Andrew Luck decides he wants to play NFL football again, he's going to be exactly the same person he was yeah. three days ago as he will be in two years. Mm-hmm. So this gives the Colts the option to pick up that phone. Mm-hmm. So I, they paid him the twenty-five million mm-hmm. over on them. Yeah. over four years, Shelby twenty-five fish. million to keep making that call to because you think. If they'd asked Luck to give that twenty four million back, mm-hmm. anyone, less inclined to anyone back. can call him. Mm-hmm. 
they're giving up their rights mm-hmm. if they take that money back. Mm-hmm. So they're letting Andrew Luck keep twenty four point eight million. So they have the possibility picking up the phone and giving Brissett a two million two year contract mm-hmm. says that they are fully invested in that possibility coming mm-hmm. up. Or could just be lining themselves up for Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? Uh, everyone is. Oh, it wasn't actually that good. <laughs> the Dolphins certainly are. It seems like they're they're trying to suck for just just the right amount of time to grab Trevor Lawrence or Dan Marino two point oh. Spewer for Tua. <laughs> did we get one for? Didn't get one for Trevor Lawrence, did we? No, Lawrence for Lawrence. What? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Endeavor for Trevor. Endeavor for Trevor. Oh, that's it. That's a T-shirt. That is a T-shirt. Darren, you get high five for that one. It's the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> what is endeavor? Endeavor is to try. You're trying, but not too hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, not too hard. Try, trying to look like you're not. So trying to look like you're trying, but not really. I guess. Yes. Okay. Um, moving on from that, and um, after the whirlwind of or like trade tsunami that went through uh, Houston the other day. Uh, Bill O'Brien has said that uh, trades with the Seahawks and the Dolphins on cut day, quote, were part of a plan. Exactly what that plan is, he's not told us. Of course, why would he? It's, uh, I'm sure it's genius and our feeble minds wouldn't understand it. But um, before we get into it, I, I would kind of like to clarify some of the comments I made during our news roundup earlier this week. Because I may have sounded particularly positive on the Texans getting a half-decent left tackle and Kenny Stills and things like that. But one thing I perhaps did not mention enough was that they gave up a lot for the rights to Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, I think, is kind of just like, it's it's an addition. It's kind of nice to have, I suppose. They were really looking for that help on the offensive line. But giving up two first-round picks for the next over the next two years and a second-round pick for the rights to a, a, a left tackle who's trending in the right direction, but he's not like elite he's not one of these guys who's going to completely stop everything it's going to be an improvement but not much else and then they and they could also perhaps have uh gotten two good two good at very least offensive linemen for those picks uh if they absolutely felt that they needed to do that so if you improve by getting two good offensive linemen rather than the one then that's surely going to be better for your offensive line also a third for david clown is pretty shit yeah, this whole thing has been a massive fuck up. Mm. In terms of just general GM play, the Texans have really not done very well with this trade at all. Well, this is Bill O'Brien who's doing both. He's got got his head coach and his GM hat on, and yeah, on, on face value, it's like, well, we see what you were trying to do, and it's it's good. It's upgraded you for now, but now you're not going to get first round picks over the next two years and you're not going to get a second round pick in those other ones. Unless they, of course, acquire other ones back. Perhaps their uh, their their plan that they're formulating is that they're going to trade, trade J.J. Watt away for an entire draft's worth of picks or something like that. Three first round picks. The, the main issue they've made is that they've just underestimated, I guess, Kenny Stills value in that like if you actually look at it and go well we've got Laramie Tunstall and we paid two first rounds for him mm-hmm. you can go we can hope for the best that we'll maybe pick 17th so two 17th overall picks for a guaranteed winner at left tackle mm. that's fine 
But then to take on Kenny Stills under the current issues... Mm. And there was no guarantee that he was even going to be on the Miami roster at this point because no, they were, they they were getting a bit upset They were with probably going to waive him. Hmm. So they've literally paid a second round pick for a player who's probably going to be available in waivers hmm. that they don't really need. No. I think in terms of in terms of value for what they just gave away, it's not great. It is an upgrade, definitely, getting some like Larry McTunsil in there. Kenny Stills is an upgrade on whoever they had at third overall. Well, maybe fourth, because well, like he's he's of course the way that, that receiver room is structured, obviously you've got DeAndre Hopkins at the top, Will Fuller is your big deep threat, you've got Kiki Kute is actually pretty good as well. Kenny Stills, I do think he's a really good talented receiver. He's not had a chance to show it much in Miami, but he is. Like that, that to me is one of, if not the best, wide receiving cores in the league now. So if but to if take you... over his second, his salary, and mm. issues, which I don't really think are, I said this in the last. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue. I just think it's something that if you want to back certain people as an owner of an yeah. NFL team, you have to accept that some of your employees are going to. They will have opinions. And... Yes, and that's just the way it is. Kenny Stills. Could have come straight in, but you look at what um, Antonio Brown was, what, a third and a sixth, or a third and a yeah. fifth, or a seventh, depending on how he did. And he had issues, and then you're but he getting, was way better. Then you're getting Kenny Stills for a second. Hmm. Like, it, it doesn't work. And then you look at, so if we split it, we say, okay, Laramie Tunsil's gone to the Texans for two first rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Historically, I'm not great with it because the Texans have a history of giving away high picks mm. and being stuck in certain positions. Oh, we need a, a cornerback, but now we have no, we don't have any picks until the fourth round. Yeah, which they actually have a chance of happening in this next draft, but that's their own fault. But you look and go, okay, well that's gone. We have got Laramie Tunstall, That's good. We got our left tackle. We have Max Sharping. We have. The, the other one. The hillbilly-looking guy who's was at Alabama State that's now playing for them. And Titus Howard. Titus Howard, that's it. And they have a chance to do quite well. If they can fi- figure it out, then they've got time to, to work on it. But it's the clowny one for me that's an absolute disaster. Well, here they've got former first-round pick Barkevius Mingo in there as well. So. No, the clowny <laughs> pick is literally you're giving away a third-round pick plus two waivable players mm. to get Clowney, whereas you could have kept him for the whole year, not re-signed him, mm. and got a third year, third round compensatory pick. Mm. It seems like it's really, really poorly thought out. Well, but they've, surely they've have people bottled here. it at the last minute. They should have kept him, but they've freaked out and mm. they've got nothing for him. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's really good agent play from Clowney's agent, or that's really bad GM play from the Texans. Because do we think that JJ can do what he did last year without Clowney blocking the subsidiary players? Mm. They haven't replaced Clowney. What are you talking about? They got uh, they got Barkevius Mingo in there. 
So they haven't replaced Clowney. Uh, <laughs> As a Browns fan, they haven't yeah, replaced, replaced Clowney. Clowney. <laughs> so we replaced the top six for a top six. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what it was, yeah. yeah. No, heard. that's not how you write it down. That's not the same thing. Try as you might. It's not really what it's all about. I know that Clowney isn't the most dramatic of players at times, but Clowney is an absolute babe, and he's going to be... <laughs> Absolutely brilliant for the Seahawks, and the idea of giving up he seems, he seems a first a really nice and fit, two yeah. seconds for Clark and getting Clowney for a third. Well done, John Schneider. Well yeah. freaking done. That's yeah. absolutely brilliant. If you want to continue to be a team that means something in the NFC, then these are the moves you make. Yeah. And we, we've, Texans, we've said that they've had some struggles like recently with losing players and things like that, but ultimately, like as far as like how teams are run. They do a pretty good job up there in Seattle. And stockpiling picks like the way that they have is good. I Do you think this vindicates them in terms of the Earl Thomas stuff, if they sign Clowney to a decent long-term contract? I'm not sure about them? vindication. I don't think they handled the Earl Thomas thing particularly well. But um, they were... If they used the money, they would have paid Earl Thompson for Clowney. Then. Mm. But to be fair, this mm. is the money they would have spent on Clark. So the money hasn't really changed in terms of what they would have paid out. Mm. So, I don't know. I just, I think this is a, in terms of, yeah, the just straight and narrow of giving up Frank Clark mm. for a first and two seconds and then getting Clowney for a third and paying him the money. Then Yeah, and well, like, they're, they're probably so going to have to pay him pretty, pretty highly. Like Clowney, he is a, an excellent, like elite run defender. He, he is... Very, he is still disruptive. He doesn't seem to get the crazy amount of sacks that you'd expect him to get, but he's just so long and rangy, and he is powerful, and he's capable of being disruptive. And but, I think if you put him in the right system, and this system might suit him better than the one in in Houston, even even though he's not going to be having uh, JJ Watt on the other side of him, still well, going to be difficult for anyone. What do you think of Clowney saying that the Seahawks playing a four three, and the Texans playing a 3-4 and the Dolphins playing a 3-4 mm-hmm. was a big part of why he decided on the Seahawks. Do yeah. you think that's a big deal or do you think, think he's just trying to make a point that, oh, no, I think or that trying to explain sense. that he wanted to play for a team that was going to be in the playoffs rather than the Dolphins? I think he feels... Well, yeah, that's one thing as well, but I think ultimately he probably wanted to go where the money was. But um, the the system, I think it does play into his hands. I think this might suit him better. They'll utilise him differently to how he was utilised in... Houston and yeah he might just have less people eating him up immediately or he will open up spaces for whoever's next to him I think Clowney's made a point of not being the one that needs the stats mm. he's always been and he was injured for two he's disruptive years. he's not quite like as like number one pick worthy as you'd have liked but, but he's, he's disruptive enough yeah it's slow, it's slowing down a bit but he's, he's looking good He's going in a place which I do believe is a good direction for his career. I think he's made the right decision here. So, I think Clowney's one of those guys that kind of falls under the Robin Van Persie rule. That is like, mm-hmm. if you aren't, if you have injuries, then you really need to be in a system that allows you to compete while also rehabbing and looking after yourself. And I think for the first two years, the Texans didn't know what to do mm. with a man his size who could do what he did. Yeah, It's like, there's only so many times you can box jump <laughs> that high. 
Yeah. And they were like asking him to do it three or four times a day, then play a game. And I think in the end, it's like, well, once you work it out, you get to a point where, with, like for RVP, when you play for Man United, where it's like you only train once a week and you play. Mm. And I think Texans got to a point where they knew what Clowney was mm. during the week, so he didn't need to train. He'd go and work on his hamstrings and his mm. quads, and then suddenly he's Just the working best player on a Sunday. And he's played three years with no injuries. Yeah. So you think of what Clowney was when he first came in. And what a he looked, he looked injury, he was. Yeah, he looked injury prone and looked like this might be a failure, but it's working. You can work it out. And I think Seahawks, as long as they allow Clowney's staff and trainers to work with them, mm-hmm. they have a player. Mm-hmm. This is great for them. Yeah. Especially against the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, Which we will get into. Yes, of course we shall. Um, the other team that the Houston Texans traded with was the Miami Dolphins, and their head coach, Brian Flores, has come out and said that he would never disrespect the game by attempting to tank. So, if we believe him, I'm assuming that we think that he had no say in the Tunsil trade. Absolutely none. <laughs> because given that they now hold something like 90% of all picks in the next two drafts, do you think it's all right for them to do this? Like, can tanking be managed? No, I like, think he had no say in it. I also think he had no say in them picking mm. Fitzpatrick to play. Yeah. I have a feeling that the GM of the Dolphins doesn't want Rosen to see much of the field because mm. he'll remain an anomaly. Mm. And if a team gets an injury, then you can get a second-round pick for Rosen if he does mm. it on the preseason. Flip him. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I honestly think, after watching Tua and some of the stuff that's going on with the Dolphins, I don't know what you're missing in Rosen. I don't know why not let Rosen play. He was 10th overall. He was captain of UCLA. He's shown enough. He has moments like, to go, oh, we'll play Fitzpatrick over him and we'll never play Rosen just seems strange, especially when he's already been paid his whole rookie contract up front. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry wonders if this is going to kill Rosen in terms of his career. Oh, well, it's... getting paid 14 million first season, then getting 1 million a year for the last three years is. He's going to wave. Well, if you've got but, Ju- if you've got Julian Davenport like protecting your your left tackle side, then of course you're going to get killed. So <laughs> just just ask just ask the Sean Watson. I just don't know if he can. Like Rosen's probably a better quarterback for the system than. Mm. But then, like, I, I don't know. I can't see any way around the Dolphins saying anything other than they're organically tank. not doing very well. Yes, organically not doing very well. That's <laughs> it. We don't want to say tank. <laughs> Yeah. But they're not doing very well, deliberately. <laughs> but the reason that they're doing this right now is so that they can potentially build something for the future. And they have a hell of a lot of picks coming up in the next couple of years. Um, friend of the show, Neil Shepard, uh, gave, gave me a shout recently and just basically said, well, that's it. Just, that's this, this season done. I think I'm just going to go watch the Lakers because it's his basketball team. And he's been like that for a while. Sorry, Darren. Darren made a little wince there, Neil. But uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry too much about it. The Dolphins, the Lakers are such a... Such a what? Hog. <laughs> hey, bandwagon. Do- Dolphins, you can't... You, <laughs> no, you did not think that one through. This, this man started being a fan of the Miami Dolphins when uh, Jay Fiedler was a quarterback. 
and he went through the Chad Pennington years, and oh man, he, he enjoyed a bit of Ricky Williams' time, but otherwise, I've I've felt sorry for Neil <laughs> and and some Dolphins fans, not all. You missed my some. sarcasm there because the Lakers haven't been good for a few years either. That's uh, right, oh, Neil. Okay. You'll be fine. It's okay. You got Davis now. He's my favorite player. He doesn't play for my team anymore. So. Mm. Oh, Enjoy him. Um, yeah, I hope he hits some some hole in ones in the basketballs. Yes, <laughs> the seven point swings. Yes. <laughs> well, for the Dolphins, I I don't think it will take them a, too long to recover. I was into Mike Tenenbaum talking about how they took him and Bill Belichick and Parcells took over the highest paid team in the NFL that won one game with the Jets. Mm. The next year they made the NFC the AFC Championship game. So, I think there is an ability to turn around a team quickly if you have good coaches. It can happen. I don't know what Brian Flores is yet. I don't know what Matt Patricia is. I I think Brian Flores has a chance to really build an ecosystem in that team. But Flores deserves a bit of time. I think picking <laughs> Fitzpatrick, this is why I think that taking on Fitzpatrick as the first player rather than re-signing someone like Josh McCowan or something. It's just mm. it says to me that the ownership want to win a couple of games. You want to make it a bit fun. Whereas if I would was Brian Flores it would have been Josh Rosen on mm. one million. You imagine if they'd taken Josh Rosen on one million, waived Fitzpatrick, signed Brian Horror for two point four, mm. they'd be paying their white their quarterbacks for the next two years three point five million. <laughs> And then you'd be able to pick up Tua or Lawrence and mm-hmm. really make no difference to the rest of your team and give yourself literally about $70 million if, your, if your quarterbacks aren't costing you any money at all, then it allows you to spend money elsewhere, which is why rookie contracts are so important, which is why if you get a rookie quarterback... Josh it's Rosen's incredible. last two years of his rookie deal and being like, oh, he's not very good, it's like, but if he is... Mm-hmm. Like, he's not him on ch- one million a year. He's not a chance. I'm like he's if, on the, the minimum, the hmm. youngster minimum. He's on like one point two million a year after being paid fourteen million in his first season. Mm-hmm. If right. he is good, <laughs> then you have another hundred nine million to spend on the rest of your team. Like, what do you want? Like, seriously, like he's there, ready to throw some, and he can hit the lines. Like, mm. big thing with rookie quarterbacks not being able to hit. You know, between the line, uh, outside the lines, Josh Rosen hits those lines. He always has. Mm. You just need to give him some white, some line play, and give him a chance to have a go. But mm. my thing is making Fitz Magic the starter, keeping Minka, Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. Phil. Yeah, he's Fitz. He's, no, his name is not Fitz. He he, he is the Fitz, Fitz Magic, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, his trademark fits, fits magic. Yeah, his um, Minka fits. Is it Fitzpatrick? Yeah, it is. Is it? I was thinking like he's 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 actually trademarked Fitz Magic. I know. Then they have the same I know he'd, name. He referenced Fitz Magic. I don't know if he was a Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he is a Fitzpatrick. Really? Yeah, yeah. There you go. The more you know. Yeah. But he's the only one that kept. It's a, it's a clear out. It is a clear out. Keep. Um, yeah, it's just doesn't feel solid or organic and yeah there's just... there's not really much else on either side of the ball i mean Xavier Z- howard's there they're only paying him but yeah not really much else 
Anyway, I think I think we've talked about the, the dolphins long enough now. Um, but I just need, just need to go through a couple of uh, extra points uh, before we go. Extra point. That's a nice little football yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah, we can um, make a. a and now on the we extra can, point. We can do things. Oh, damn that. it. We should have called the podcast that. No. Oh, no. I like being <laughs> bullwrap net next with a... Yeah. Oh, no. The, the extra point will be forever. if we have, like, a bonus podcast or something like that. We'll have to call it the extra point and then... Yeah. yeah. The extra point. Trademarks. Yeah, you're not allowed to. That's our intellectual property now. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Gronk's an ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, so yeah, LaShawn McCoy wasn't without a team for long as he was snatched up by the Kansas City Chiefs for a reunion with Andy Reid on an increasingly scary roster. So I'm not really sure if this was particularly necessary, but um, I mean, the backfield was perhaps the only concern at the time in, on the Chiefs' offense, but they still had like said Damian Williams who was expected to do a lot. Um, but yeah, so McCoy's in there now. Do you see this being a big improvement or anything? Yes. Is, is it anything? You do? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh okay. Damn it, yes. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs, right, have Damian Williams, who's... This is the whole issue we've been getting into with the running backs and the paying them mm-hmm. and stuff. Damian Williams is all right at playing running back. He had 50 carries last season. Yeah. Darwin Thompson looks like really it. good going forward as a running back. That's all fine. LaShawn McCoy, as for as a 31-year-old, is amazing as a running back. And he's literally getting four million this year to play for the For Chiefs. one season, it's four million. So it doesn't it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be fine. It doesn't matter. This is the thing that we've been trying to debate about the Dolphins, the Colts, the Jags. Having cap space means nothing in the NFL mm. anymore. You can create cap space in a day by making some waves and trades, and you can have cap space and spend it if you want to. And this is the Chiefs going, oh, we probably they probably had about 20-odd million of cap space, and they've spent four of it on getting themselves LaShawn McCoy. Now, McCoy behind did, McCoy, Mahomes. Yes. McCoy did have a down year last oh, year, but that was on the bills. That doesn't matter. count. No. I would say, yeah, chuck that one out the window. Forget about what happened no, last he's season. He's not behind before. Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing behind that left hand. <laughs> okay, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a really good year. I don't know if he's going to be the one that punches it in, but he's definitely going to give Mahomes a chance to make some throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, because he, he is still very good in the, in the passing game. Uh, always has been really. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he should be a factor. I mean, obviously he's just gonna have to come in and figure out exactly what it is that he is gonna be in this offense. But he can really, really do some damage. I'm fairly certain of it. I mean, like in the in the receiving game, uh, he he's gotten at least like 300 yards, uh, pretty much all the way through the course of his career. And topped 1,000 yards, one, two, three, four, five, six times in his career. And come close another bunch of times. Had a couple injuries here and there. Been behind some poor offensive lines. But, yeah. Shady, Shady McCoy, really good in this offense. We like it. Yes. Cool. Okay. And uh, just to finish off the news, just days after releasing former first-round pick and absolute washout Laquan Treadwell, the Minnesota Vikings have signed former Redskin Josh Dotson. So, you like this one, Darren? Yes, I don't think Josh Dobson's that bad. I think he's 
not really had a chance to play under any decent quarterbacks his whole career. Mm -hmm. So going into the Vikings and being the fourth option or the third option, I really hope he makes some dramatic plays for Kurt and gets an opportunity to turn himself a long-term deal because there is nothing better for someone like Josh than to be the third option behind Phelan and Dix. I just yeah. think that he gives himself a great opportunity to to make some slot plays and just earn a living. Hmm. Well, like he's not he's not been terrible at all by any by any means. But like, it, it, when he was they really don't. I think yeah. it's because of how high they picked him. They just have had a he's feeling on him the whole time. He's had that weight on his shoulders, perhaps, but. Like and also it helps that he might even have a rapport with Kirk Cousins, who was previously his quarterback. But when you when you look at stats over the last two years, it's been pretty consistent. I think his grading's been about there and thereabouts. Um, like the last two years, at forty four and thirty five receptions, uh, five hundred five hundred plus yards. He had six total touchdowns in twenty seventeen, only two last year. But like that's a serviceable wide receiver. This is a guy who can make a career in the NFL. He's not a complete like washout like Tre- Treadwell's been so far. That is a big upgrade at the third or fourth wide receiving spot in uh, Minnesota. Hmm. Definitely. I kind of like it. I do find it interesting and if I refer to other teams and the way things work, that LeCron Treadwell was Ole Miss. He was indeed, yep. So you look at DK Metcalf and mm-hmm. players very similar to Treadwell and it, you can see why there's risk in taking certain players and obviously Didi Westbrook from Oklahoma. He hasn't quite made his mark yet and DK, people are worried about. And Laquan. But Westbrook's going to get 250 yards per game this year, right? That's... No, it doesn't matter. As long as he gets some <laughs> touchdowns, I'm fine. <laughs> but you can see why there's worry about someone like Laquan. I think Laquan will get a job again. I don't think he's gone, but... <clears throat> I don't understand why you can run routes and take picks from Chad Kelly and then you can't turn up at the Vikings five days a week and catch some balls in training. Like, What is going on that you can't make that work? It, it's tough. Um, but the thing is, in the end... After, like, after a certain amount of time, sometimes this just becomes a mental thing. Yeah. It can be become such a drain because you're failing... That, that might be it, or it could be that he's just got a lack of work ethic. He could just be just not 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 trying. He might have just fallen away. He's gotten his first contract and thought, this is the most money I've ever had in my life. That's all I need. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is with Treadwell, but it's not the first time we've had someone like that um, do something like this. But in terms of how bad it has worked out, it, it, is, it is awful. I... I feel this idea, sometimes you read some of the posts from the teams about getting rid of players and you had this kind of feeling a bit about Josh Gordon when he left the Browns and it's like, it's tough to play for a bad team. So the Redskins come out and be like, oh, we're getting rid of Josh Dotson because he just doesn't have the right vibe for our team or he complains in meetings and... It is what it is, you know, if you're shit and you're not doing well, then some of your players are not going to have a good time in that team, especially if they're born winners and they want to play. And you look at, like, Gordon going to the Patriots and how good he gets on with Brady and, and 
how he was with like RG three and this idea of him being like, I get, I do well with talent and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna do well in this team because the talent around me matches <clears> me. <throat> and I wonder if Josh Dotson just had a bit of that with this Redskins team. Like Jordan mm-hmm. Reed's been gone. Yeah. He's but probably been Redskins going, have been a cursed franchise for some he's time. He's probably now. been going against Josh Norman every train. <laughs> like, what can you do? It makes, like, makes anyone look bad. For well, the most yeah, you're the first pick in the draft. We're going to put you up against our first cornerback. Sometimes that doesn't really help. You mm. know, sometimes you or, need to be like, or should, should, should that mean out. that you should be better again when you're playing against other teams because you're playing against such a good you have cornerback? To play him, though. I don't think the Redskins have been playing him. They have, like he has been starting, but like he's he's one of these guys. I think he was sometimes going to the slot. Uh, they use him like that. He's he wasn't bad at all. And like I say, he's a big upgrade from Laquan Treadwell. Um, he's like been twice the player that Treadwell has been through the course of his career. Certainly, that's what the statistics would say. Um, yeah, like I think uh, Vikings did good out of this. Redskins are fading fast. Is what it is. Anyway, moving on from the news, and I think I want to go back and really qualify some of our comments about who we thought would be the winners and the losers of the AFC South. So, uh, <laughs> last time I had down the Colts to win with an asterisk, and that was said depends on Locke's health. It was as if I was predicting something happening. Um, I said I trusted the roll line more than the Texans. Of course, Texans have had their upgraded offensive line now. Uh, so where where do you see them going now? You you had the Titans and Colts down as uh, like split to be losers in in that division, and the Jags to win. Have you changed that at all? No. Um, I made the point. I literally said in the podcast that I thought that the kind of injury that Andrew Luck was talking about was yes tough. Mm-hmm. And for example, personally, I literally have to go and get pins stabbed into my ankle mm-hmm. to get my medial ankle ligament to give any leeway to my calf because of the injury that I did to it. Yeah. So I have to go for acupuncture and get that stuff sorted. And you know what I do, Stuart? What do you do, Darren? I literally walk around the football field for six minutes. I fucking know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to get acupuncture. Mm. So can you imagine being Andrew Luck and being the quarterback of a franchise and having mm. an inner ankle injury plus a calf injury plus a shoulder injury? When your job is essentially to put pressure on it. As you back up to throw 70 yards? Yeah. Yeah. I One of the things I found really interesting from last season was that Andrew Luck, when he had to do Hail Marys or throw over 80 yards, Jacoby Brissett did it. And they were saying, there was like, like oh, there's, there's nothing to worry about. Nothing three or four about. games where he came mm. in and threw the Hail Marys at the end of the quarters and that. So, yeah. It's like, fair enough. Like, and Luck was just like, yeah, he just has a stronger arm than me when it comes down to it. It's like, okay. He shouldn't, but uh-huh. yeah. Like, they, they weren't really guarding that one particularly well, but it was hidden enough in the stats with Luck throwing 39 touchdown passes last season. So, and we were like, yeah, that's it. There we go. Get ourselves strapped in for another 10 seasons of Andrew Luck. Unfortunately not. So, so, I, I, so yeah, you're, you're sticking with that one there. I don't want to make this a, a big one because obviously we've got other things to talk about. Yeah, I'm still Jags. I think if Foles can be 20% better than Bortles, mm. then their defence will carry them to the title. Mm. The, what the Texans have done really doesn't make much difference for me other than 
it just means that Leonard for the Colts and mm. Campbell, Allen, Miles mm. Jack have to do more for the mm. Jags. I even then there's a couple of boys in the Titans that can get to the quarterback as well. Mm. I don't know if Tunstall protects them enough from what they face in that certainly division. more than Julian Davenport. Yeah. It's a really, really difficult division to be playing left tackle in, Phil, of course. But um it's it's better to have like something like uh Larry Tunsell in there than it is to have Davenport. They've lost Clowney, but it means very little if you're mostly hitching Duke Johnson on wheel routes. <laughs> And running up the middle with um, Carlos Hyde. You've got those those wide receivers there. But Car- 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 Carlos Hyde, yeah, he's everyone's answer for no games. <laughs> then there he goes. People keep trading for him. Um, I I say Colts aren't going to win the division this year, but I don't necessarily think they're going to lose it. I no, actually I'm, I'm actually still quite low on the Tennessee Titans, and I'm quite high on the rest of the Colts roster to say that Jacoby Brissett is now my reason why this remains an asterisk. I'll have him still keep them respectable this year, um, but I think perhaps I might want to move the Texans up into that top spot. Possibly the Jags. Of course, the Jags is like, uh, as well. You don't know about the Jags yet. <clears throat> no, nobody does. I'm, I'm this is a fascinating Jags. division. This, this is one of the divisions that I'm really looking at, looking at very closely. I think, what did we say? It was a, like a, knife, a monkey knife fight or something. Mm. Well, put it this way, like if the Jags come in and Foles is anything better than the like thirteenth best quarterback <laughs> in the league, mm-hmm. they win this division for me. We've got Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, we've got O'Shaughnessy at tight end. I'm not massively got convinced got by that core that you just mentioned there. Fournette. Like I, I just think this Fournette's Jags, not proved himself over the last couple of seasons. Skinnier, either. Though. And that, that offensive line isn't that great yet they need improvement there Fournette is clearly skinnier than he was last year okay okay so what you reckon is going to going to fit through all the holes that are going to be happening on that line (laughs) and and that's not the holes that are supposed to be there it's like it's just there's just a a run defender coming straight through it we'll see we'll see what happens I wonder when you have someone like Clayus Campbell who's so good at defensive tackle can you not just say to him do you want to play both ways I mean, sometimes when you have someone that big, it's happened before. I mean, Dontario Poe, I think, got a bunch of uh, like touchdowns. He caught a touchdown pass when playing full. I just mean put Clive Campbell at right guard or something. Mm-hmm. If he's right defensive tackle and he's amazing, then I don't, I don't sometimes know. Some slight, players... slightly different skill set. You probably have him just try to bowl through people and be like, no, 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 no. You need to, <laughs> you need to do a different thing now. To the different, right, yeah, the exactly. Right, yeah. See, see, see how it goes. Anyway, um, moving on, and I think we should get on with. Who we see as being the division winners and losers within the NFC. So, uh, will we kick things off with the NFC North? Okay. And would you like to go first, Dan? You can say no if you're not ready. I'll get a beer. Do you like a beer, Dan? Oh, you're fine. You don't get a beer. Um, the NFC North being the Packers, Lions, and Vikings. That is correct. Okay. Um, I think just because I go with brightness, I think the Packers will win this division. Oh, okay, okay. Like, like two seconds. I'm going to go for some ASMR and see if I can make people thirsty at home. Yeah. Continue. He didn't drink any. 
<laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, I honestly think the Packers, if they have Aaron Jones, they have Toronto Allison and Devontae Adams playing well, and obviously the big cheese. Yeah. Um, they should win the division. Mm-hmm. I don't really see any way around it. Like, I'm you so follow, like, you follow greatness. Sorry, I'm still getting my beer. Um, so you're saying that you're like definitely up on them more than you are on the Chicago Bears, who were so problematic, shall we say, last season. Do you see the Bears regressing that much? No, I see them putting the foot into the Packers defensively. I just don't see them really doing very much at all in an offense way. Hmm. What do you think? Like, who are the two players on offense that you think of for the Bears? Well, Mitch Mitchell Trubisky, Anthony Miller. Uh, so, you have David Montgomery in the backfield as well. Like, I said two. Yeah, well, I can name more. <laughs> so there you go. So, so you, Trey Burton at tight end. Yeah. Well, my two were Trubisky and Burton, mm. and then you think or Allen Robinson, and it's like mm. literally. There are two guys, or as you said, Anthony Miller, the second-year wide receiver. Hmm. I no, think that, well, I just not against the Packers, man. I do. I do have a feeling that this is going to be a really close division. Actually, I think because like, I think that Trubisky could be the one to make strides this year. I think through in patches last year, he looked excellent. He was one of the best fourth-quarter quarterbacks through the course of the season as well. He was pretty clutch. Um. And so he just needs to get that consistency going. And he's getting a couple more weapons in there. Some other guys are going to progress. Like, I only see a couple of games in it between the Packers and the Bears when it comes down to it. Like, ultimately, I did lean for the Packers to shake things up with their new head coach. But I don't know I don't know why I think that. Cause, because of Rodgers. Uh, well, yeah, of course. It's, it's like, he's it's definitely Rodgers. Like, he's fit. Though. Maybe, yeah, in, indeed. Like, Rodgers, okay. Are you going to let me go with this? Okay, so it's just Matt LaFleur didn't exactly cover himself in glory with the Titans last year. And he's still got a head coaching job because he knows Sean McVay. It's like, okay. Um, but because you've got Rodgers, I mean, I, I could be Adam Rodgers' offensive coordinator. And I'll just go and take a seat and earn my like however many millions of dollars I get. Um, and I, I like the Packers wide receiving core this year. Obviously, Devante Adams is a, a bona fide stud. Uh, Jake Kumro looks like he's really going to come out there as well as like a, a later one as well as like Sajerano Allison and um, Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling. MBS, that's a that's a good receiving core. Uh, I feel and, and he's got fine. some of the best. Jacob is going to be pretty good as well as a first year yeah. tight end. So yeah. there's, a, there's a few things they've done that I just you really like. I like the Packers. Aaron Jones is an understated running back who does exactly what he's told. Yep. He get a bigger role this year, I think. I was. I think man. Mike McCarthy was very conservative offensively, and I just I really want to see these wheel route end arounds, <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers throwing seventy yards down the touch line. Because that's a throw that he has that Marcus Mariota does just not have. Does not have. Yeah. Mar- Mariota does not have as many things in his arsenal as Aaron Rodgers has, but not many quarterbacks do. So if you let someone like Matt LaFleur in there with him, maybe he has like far more tools to play with than he ever did in Tennessee. If Mariota gets out to the outside, he's checking down to a tight end. If Rodgers gets out, he's either running for four yards gain or he's pinging it 60 mm. yards up the field. And it's going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, and I'm assuming you got Lions as losers. <laughs> yes and no. Yes, yes and no. Um, I think when you look at the Lions, and I don't know where they are line wise, their line play. I'm not an old defensive lineman that knows what's going on, but Darren, you, take... you know everything. I'm just going to think about it for a while for you. Yeah. Tap tap tap. If you think of like. The Lions, and you've got Stafford with on Johnson, and then you've got TJ Hawkinson, you've got Galladay, you've got Marvin Jones. This is a decent offense. On defense, they have Snacks Harrison, they have Trey Flowers, they have Matt Patricia. They have a chance to be at least average. I quite like their defensive line there, to be fair. Uh, but um, like their defensive backfield, I don't particularly like, other than Darius Slay. Um on their offensive line, they've got some guys. <laughs> it's it's, some it's not it's not like jumping off the page or anything like that. But in that division, that is tough because I do see the Packers, Bears, and Vikings all as very viable, uh, like potential division winners here. Can I see the Bears as losers in this division? You can like you can you can if you want. Do you want? That would be that would be ballsy. What is lose? Like is lose getting the least games? We've clarified this. Doing worse than last year. The losers by losers I mean like at the end of the season, who is going to finish top of the division? Who is going to finish? Oh, Lions are going to finish bottom. Yeah, we've spoken about this, Darren. (laughs) Come on. But in terms of the drop off, I really think the Bears have some issues. I think that they don't have Vic Fangio. They relied far yeah. too highly on some of their uh, ball-playing cor- uh, corner and safeties. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on the Vic Fangio thing, definitely. Which is why I think Denver's going to be really good. And Khalil Mack can't do it all himself. They oh, well, really, he tries. He's they not far really off need the young lad to pick it up and be their other pass rusher. Mm-hmm. If they can get a dual punch with... I can't remember what the young lad's name is. But... Was it... Armstead... Like, other than Akeem Hicks? Not Akeem. No, the other one. Oh, oh, um, at linebacker, or...? He's a young lad. with was six overall or something. Roquan Smith? Roquan, that's... Yeah, Ro- Ro- yeah Roquan Smith. So he's, he's more of a, like a inside linebacker. Um, and then on the outside, you've still got Leonard Floyd. Uh, Danny Trevason's the other linebacker. It's a really good linebacking core. Yeah. And so then, Eddie Jackson, they're really relying on Eddie Jackson to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah we'll see see where it goes. Like personally, I I, I do see the, the Packers as being the ones to still shake it off a bit. Bears I could regress how... without Fangio and the loss of some key players. Vikings could stay middle of the pack, but they could also go up a bit, especially with this Josh Doxon thing can really help spread things out a bit. And yeah, Lions are yet to convince me of anything. Yeah. I have to say, just for everyone, if you've ever watched Last Chance You, and I'm just looking at this now, but John Franklin III, who was the quarterback for East Mississippi, and then he was the quarterback for Auburn, is now a cornerback for the Bears. And he made the roster. So John Franklin III Hmm. is the cornerback for the Chicago Bears, number 37. And he was a he was on Last Chance You. Oh. Did not know that. He could be an interesting watch. He was meant to be the starter for Florida State, but he 
got in a fight and got kicked out as a quarterback. Never ended up playing at quarterback hmm. in college. I, can't, I couldn't see him on this page that I was looking at there, but I'll, I'll take your word for it and we'll keep an eye out for him, shall we? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, we both had the Packers to win and Lions to lose in that one. NFC South. Oh, oh boy. So, tough, tough division. Uh, Saints are obviously still really strong on offense and better on defense than they were, which is still amazing because they were progressing very well there. Um, so I, I have them as my winners. Uh, the Falcons are still going to improve big time, I think. Uh, if they can stay healthy for once, then that would be great. Um, people aren't so sure about the way that Devonta Freeman's going to be, but I think that he'll be fine. Panthers are still beginning their recovery with Cam Newton, but they still lack a bit of depth. And when it comes down to it, Tampa Bay, they just can't get a break in this division. Uh, They're going to really rely on Jameis Winston to pull something out of the hat here in order to save his career in Tampa Bay, uh, as well as even pressure to get out of the the doldrums there. So yeah, I see it. Thoughts? to say, I... When I first looked at this, and we were going to do it last week, mm. I had the Falcons as winners in this division. Mm. But picking up Kike Alonso. At the Saints, yeah. And just some of the little adjustments the Saints are meaning, uh, doing just says to me they're winners. Yeah. They've done winning, they're playing winning GM football. And all I need now is for Drew Brees to keep playing winning football and they win this division. So I, I agree, I think the Saints are the winners. Um, I look at it and I'd love to say that, you know, something dramatic like the Pampers are losers because they haven't done I was just that. about to propose that as a potential swap. No, Tampa Bay. It's still, Tampa Bay are still losers for me. Well, I mean, so, so far in the NFC one, we're both agreeing exactly the same thing. I might come back to that. I might I might change my one to the Panthers just for the sake of it if I'm feeling feeling that way inclined. But I probably shouldn't because when Cam was fit last year they were still really good. Seven and oh or whatever. It was yeah, it was like six, and six, six and two, I think it was they got to, but yeah, no. At the moment, I don't think the Bucks are there yet. No, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Any more to say in the NFC South, or do you think that one's relatively open and shut? Or, the division's a knife fight, but I think in the end the Saints win, the Bays lose. I th- yeah, I think, yeah. I think um, Every year, it's yeah. like, you know, they, they can compete and compete. And I feel like even when the Falcons made the final, they made the Super Bowl, they were still mm. behind the Saints. Like it's, that division is what it is. Yeah. Until Peyton and Breeze leave, I don't really see any difference. Which could be soon. That's the, the only thing, the only asterisk I put on that is... What is Drew Brees this year? Is he still going to continue no, to be what great. he is, or is he falling He'll away? He'll still be great because over the end of last season, he was really starting to fade uh, in terms of the arm strength. He, he clearly didn't have the arm strength that he did at the start of the season when he was absolutely tearing it up. He got battered around by the Browns in the first game, <laughs> the mm-hmm. second game. He took like six or seven sacks. It's, mm-hmm. They need to protect him. If they don't protect him, he's done. Then that's just the way the NFL works. Um, but no, I think the Saints are fine. They've got 
two more years, I'd say, and now, you know, they're getting all the help with the refs. And <laughs> maybe they get by it this year. Maybe. Someone says, we'll give you guys a no-call this time. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll, we'll see how that pans we'll out. We'll see how one Saints. of your defensive backs needs to make a play tackle. That's fine. <laughs> a tackle with the ball nowhere near it. Uh, only time will tell again. Uh, moving on, the NFC East. What do you think is going to happen there? How do you see things panning out? I think the Eagles will probably win that division. As do I. Scrolling it down. <laughs> <laughs> Some reason I, I somehow just misspell eagle. But <laughs> Eagles. I think the Eagles win this division, and I think the Giants lose it. Mm. You think the G- the Giants are going to be terrible, worse than the Redskins? Yes. Mainly because the Redskins just have more talent than they do. If, especially if Trent Williams turns up. Mm. He might not turn up, but if he does, then... Yeah. I'm immediately just... better. They've got Josh Norman, they've got Trent Williams, they've got Darius Geis. They've got Landon Collins Landon off of Collins. the Giants. Yeah. Like, I just, for, for some reason, and I'm, like, absolutely turning heel on my prediction from earlier this year, Eli's going to be out there within five or six games. Oh. Daniel Jones is going to be given the reins. Unless they say just like, no, we need to protect him. There's no point in putting him in yet. Yeah. D- Daniel Jones is the future of that franchise now from, from what I've seen. Uh, he, he, was, he was too good as a, as a rookie in the preseason, even behind uh, like lineman number twos and stuff. My main, they've got Donald Penn as well. My main issue is that they, you know, Vernon Davis can't catch all the passes. So <laughs> he's going to catch the passes for them, you know? What, for? The Redskins. Like. Yeah, yeah. you got Kerrigan. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Kerrigan's the best thing they got there. Jonathan Allen. They've got good players. They just... I, I'm going to say this, and I feel really bad about it, and I'm so sorry, but Ruben <laughs> Foster's picture on Google was his mugshot. Oh, yeah. I just can't. I think we brought it up last time, but it's just depressing. Such a shame. <laughs> For him, you know. Yeah, like going back to those Redskins wide receivers, um, there's a thing from a couple of weeks ago saying that, like, oh, they're, they're starting wideouts are Trey Quinn, Paul Richardson, and Josh Doxson. It's not great. Now Josh Doxson is gone. That's yeah, so Stephen Sims. Yeah, Stephen Sims Jr. or Terry McLaurin in there. Kelvin Harmon's another um, rookie. Uh, Jordan Reed's there at tight end. Vernon Davis, too, but. Davis is getting on a bit and Jordan Reed has his one millionth concussion I do like the backfield I still think that Geis and Peterson and Chris Thompson they've also just added Wendell Smallwood from Philadelphia that's a really good backfield but you can't have them on the field all the time so I don't know you can use Chris Thompson in other packages split him out wide same with Smallwood I think but yeah that wide receiving core does not fill me with any confidence whatsoever also, Eric Flowers is on your offensive line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get some sacks. Mm-hmm. Defense is another story. I think it's half decent. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's their, their most consistent guy up front. Uh, Deron Payne could be something too, but uh, yeah, it's I, I still see uh, the Redskins actually finishing up worse than the Giants this year. Okay. They could have two wins this year. The Redskins? The Redskins. I think they'll get a rookie bounce off of Haskins when he comes in, mm-hmm. depending on what game that is. 
We shall see. How would Probably. you feel if it was Alex Smith over Case? Uh, give them Four. five wins. Five. Okay, so I Alex think. Smith is three wins. Yeah. In this team, yeah, I think he'd be, he'd be better for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting hypothetical situation. I want to make a very long term projection. Uh huh. I think Alex Smith does come back, mm-hmm. and I think he backs up Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Ooh. And he leads them to the, <laughs> to the, <laughs> to Carson, the NFC Carson, Championship game. Carson again. Wentz gets injured in week 15 again. Alex Smith comes in. Isn't stellar, but gets them, it gets them to the I ball. I mean, they win the Super Bowl, but I think they would get to the NFC Championship. Imagine that. I'd just be like, bring in Carson Wentz to my team and just sign like whatever like backup quarterback who's available, who was like, like good, but like, oh, they've had flashes in the past, but never really got a full like stretch of their career out of them. And just say like, oh, don't worry, man. He's going to go down soon. You're going to be a Super Bowl hero. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a statue of you outside a stadium soon. Or the Eagles pick up Mariola for a third rounder in in December and now you're dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> so many ways it can go. So ready. So yeah, I've got I've got the Eagles down to win that division. I, I think they just have the strongest roster in the NFL. Like I think on paper their defense, offensive line, and wide receiving core were the best in the NFL according to PFF, which makes sense to me. Uh, Cowboys still have a very strong roster. Missing Zeke Elliott, but who really knows how much that's going to affect them, especially if Tony Pollard seems to keep going as he's going. Uh, Wide receiving core seems to be improved too. Defense is looking really good. Um, uh, But of course, I still think the QB could hold them back. Giants are bad, but they have Saquon Barkley. And I do still see him as getting like, what, 500 rushing attempts and... 3,000 yards. <laughs> 29 touchdowns. Something along those lines. Hey, you, you, you joke, but uh, what was it? I think LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes and Travis Henry all had close to that number of touchdowns in the uh, the two, mid-2000s. Um, and yeah, Redskins just seem to be even worse. I don't think they have as much there. Like Other than their running back core, I don't see too much else. So yeah. Any more on that? No. Move on. Right, <laughs> and to close things out, uh, we'll go west. Oh, west to the NFC West. And I have the Rams still winning this one. Now, I don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley. I don't know what's going on with other teams being able to plan for the Sean McVay offense. I think that offensive line is still really, really good. I rate Jared Goff higher than some people do. He still had a like people seem to forget that he had a very very good season last year, and he might also have one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. Uh, McVeigh's had his chances to scheme things up for this season as well, so like he's he's, he's adapted perhaps. But the one thing that's going against them and anyone else in this division is that this schedule is brutal for them. Going against AFC North, yeah, AFC, AFC North as well as everyone else in their own division. Because like when you've got like even even the Cardinals, you don't know what they're going to be this season. Seattle are always somehow competitive, and uh, the the 49ers are like looking like they're trending in the right direction. Like and also forget about this crap about oh Jimmy Garoppolo just threw five interceptions in practice and he was held to 
a zero passer rating against the Broncos. Rubbish. It's preseason. It mm. matters not a jot. Because a couple of seasons ago, Pat, or sorry, even just last season, but this time last season, people were saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes just threw three straight interceptions in practice. It clearly meant nothing because he went out and threw for 50 touchdowns. So Rams are looking really strong. Don't think the teams will figure out McVay properly. As long as the Seahawks still have Russell Wilson, I'm still banking them to do well enough in a division to at least contend for a wild card slot. Um, I, the team around him is weakening, though. I just find it amazing. Like they got with the for the under forty nine ers in two thousand eighteen, he played literally two and a half games. Garoppolo had. 718 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions mm-hmm. in two and a half games on a bad team. Mm-hmm. There's nothing anywhere that says he's not the same player. But he has to prove that he can do it over the course of a 16 game season. That's it. He's not proven it yet. No, and he, no he's not proven has. it yet. And he's on, he's, Kyler. On, he's on elite money, though. Grow up, the, well, he's the, not anymore. He's not even paid it. Well, he's, he's we've got this, this thing is. Garoppolo can be waived at the end of the season for no money. Mm-hmm. He's already been paid. He was paid $67 million. He was paid 47 of it over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And now he's on $20 million with no guarantees. Yeah. Garoppolo is not on elite money anymore. He has mm-hmm. two more years on $10 million, And then he gets to renegotiate his deal. If he is waived before the end of the season, he gets paid nothing. Yeah. So Garoppolo is no longer an elite paid quarterback. Mm. He has been paid that way. He's though. been paid already, but it doesn't matter to the 49ers because they legally had to pay that money anyway mm-hmm. under the PFA. So yeah. I I think the 49ers are going to throw some haymakers to this division. I don't mm-hmm. know if they'll win the games, but they'll knock players out of the league. They'll keep it close. And you're right, for the Rams, this is a knife fight. This is mm. a battle. For them to be the best team in the NFC going into the playoffs, they have to beat some really freaking good teams. Mm. And you look at like the comparison of schedule against like the, the Vikings and the Packers and that it's so much easier for them to get to ten wins than it is for the Rams. You're hoping a lot here mm-hmm. that they can get there. I I worry I, I don't believe I think the Saints, if the Saints are what they were last year, the Saints get closer to 13 wins than the Rams do, just mm-hmm. off of the schedule. And then you've got the Packers, and then you've got... You could be looking at the Rams doing well in their division and still being like a wild card team, yeah. based on just the battle going up against the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, and then a couple of, like... To the two random games they have to play aren't great either. This is a hard season for them to keep doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I expect they'll do it, yeah, and they'll win their division. But asterisk. <laughs> oh, Rams asterisk. Okay, putting that one down. And um, yeah, so you, you think that the Forty ers are going to at least do some damage this year? Uh, I think in terms of what they've got there, George Kittle sticks out like a sore thumb, of course. Uh, Jimmy G has just got to stay healthy hopefully I mean it's a team which although they ended up in a not great position at the end of the season they showed some promise in a lot of areas and 
the defense is where it really jumps out to me, as we mentioned before, like getting D Ford in, DeForest Buckner's there, Eric Armstead, they've got Nick Bosa just still recovering at the moment, brought in Quan Alexander, the human missile, uh, Richard Sherman's there, uh, like it's good. Jason Verrett as well, like a bit, of a bit of a wild card there, but if he gets in, he plays, he stays healthy, like that's two excellent corners, like bookending that, that field, so very difficult. And it's also now that Verrett's in a situation where he doesn't need to play. Mm-hmm. So they can give him the chance to recover rather than him being the number one and getting the side-eye looks going, oh, well, if you were here, <laughs> yeah. we beat the Patriots. This is your, this is your fault for not being, being ready for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, River's thrown that. If you were there in training, he wouldn't have thrown that. <laughs> no, it's, it's completely different, and it gives him the chance to recover and be the part of a team that can compete. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I hope that the 49ers can do well the Cardinals aren't going to do very well and the Rams might win the division but struggle in the playoffs because they've been had to kick shit <laughs> the kick shit out of them the kick shit out of them yeah you've you done that before I'm not sure <laughs> uh, Darren's having his beer taken away from him now I think he's had enough uh, the combination of that with his immense amount of painkillers is probably like really beginning to melt the brain <laughs> <laughs> don't shit your kicks okay don't shit your kicks and uh, to close out that division we still see the Cardinals as not being there yet Fodder. but this is like, I think this is probably I'm, sorry, I'm probably fair in saying that this is one of the most exciting uh, bottom teams that we've seen since the 2001 Atlanta Falcons who picked up Michael Vick yep. like that was exciting this is a, d- a different sort of exciting because you've got an entirely new system that's probably never been seen before in the NFL and probably the, the best college quarterback for the job in this potential perfect storm. It's like, is this what it's going to be? I enjoyed some of the conversations around the Cardinals, I think. It's tough. I... I want them to do well. I think that they have a chance, but they're pretty exciting. It's why I put the Seahawks versus Cardinals as like the sixth best game for this season. I think that that game five weeks in is going to be a battle and mm. you know a, a death fight. And I think the Seahawks will be in a position where they need to win that game, and the Cardinals will mm. be starting to get a hang of yeah. what they're looking for. And, and the Seahawks are going to win it 65 nothing, so don't worry about it. With who? <laughs> are you going to Tyler Lockett for like four touchdowns in that game? That's only 28 points. So oh, like, Darren just predicted Tyler Lockett to get four <laughs> touchdowns in that game. I'm writing it down. That's a pizza bit. <laughs> 28, that's only 28 points. Where are the other really 37 points coming from? <laughs> Probably from uh, Carly Murray interceptions. Oh, I don't know if he's that bad. Oh, he's we'll li- literally in a team that had Baker and then Kyler, and now they've got Jalen Hurts. Mm. I think Kyler will be fine. He might not be... You know. Do you think he'd be fine behind that offensive line? I don't know if anyone would be fine against no, that. No, probably not. Uh, yeah, like probably their, um, their best player on that line is probably J.R. Sweezy. Uh, maybe AQ Shipley is decent too, but um, 
Mm, I don't like it very much. Also, they just released a tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, who had a couple of horrendous fumbles in the preseason. So uh, Charles Clay is your starting tight end there, as well as Max Williams, who picked up from Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know, it depends how they can use them. Obviously, they've got a whole slew of wide receivers there now, including Michael Crabtree, who did eventually sign for them after signing for them, but he didn't, but now he is. So he's in the building now. So that's something. Yeah, I... Oh, I don't know about the Cardinals. I like them. I hope that they can get some some good play, but in this division... Nah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Like It's kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. It's just the people ahead of you are a bit difficult. There's, a, there's enough there to cause problems. Um, I say I'm not entirely convinced by San Francisco yet, but having that as well as the teams you've got to play outside of your division, oh boy, it's a, a bit of a shit show. Just a little bit. Speaking of shit show, it's time to end this one. I think. Yay, so um, yeah, uh, you got anything else you'd like to add just to round things off today? Well, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on. How it'll go if we look at like there's always four new playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Do you have anyone in mind as to who the the Ooh. four new playoff teams? Are? Every single season since 1990, there's been four new playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the four new playoff teams are this year? Or Cleveland Browns. Yep. Packers. They've missed it the last three seasons. Uh, are the Patriots been in the Playoffs at all, isn't it? <laughs> but their division. <laughs> um, oh, let me think. The Eagles are there. Da, 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 da. Um, oh god, that is that's tough. Uh, Jaguars, why not? Shove the Jaguars in there. Uh, Falcons missed it last season. Falcons missed it last season. They yeah. did. Falcons. There you go. Not the Panthers out. Yeah, I think so. What go. about you? You got you got any other thoughts on that, or do you just totally agree with me? Because I'm right. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, I'll say it. this is as a Browns fan, I am going to be holding on to chairs and <laughs> pillows, watching them play for the next four weeks. Because as I said, I feel like they might be one and three. That's the. It's a really really tough schedule. If they now. Darren, I'm just hypothesizing here, and I want to do it quickly because we need to end this. But what do you feel like if the Browns end up four or no? I may not come back. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the change in your face as I even <laughs> proposed that idea, like it, it lit up, it lit up the room. Uh, oh, it was it was beautiful. I don't um, think I could, I don't think I could tolerate that for the rest of the year. I may go up to Bethia. Okay, yeah, and just cuddle our boy that's the defensive coordinator whose name I don't give a Steve shit Steve Wilkes that's it Steve Wilkes <laughs> oh you're zone no, you're oh, zone. I love you're not, it. oh you're not zone <laughs> oh you're man you're, you're not, not really man either so what, what are you what are, why are you here you put people on the field <laughs> but they just happen to be talented enough to mask whatever it is that your system is yeah, supposed to I be I don't know what you're meant to be doing but I love your bald head <laughs> Um, it's two two baldy jokes in one god damn but you're really alienating the listenership you've got to stop this I'll make the point that it's Brian Hoyer and it's 
Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Both just be better. Just <laughs> just be better at things, and I will be better. And Darren will like you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a backup. Be a starter. Excellent. Don't be Steve Wilkes. Be someone else. Don't be Steve Wilkes. Be someone else. Don't play zone. Play man. <laughs> that sounds like a T-shirt as well. <laughs> Not quite as good for good as Endeavour for Trevor, though. We're putting that one up there. That is 100% going on the Facebook. Nice. I, I, if only I had some Photoshop skills to make something particularly swanky. Oh, wait. I, I'll just you see his brother? No. Trevor Lawrence. Does he know Photoshop? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's brother is literally the epitome of a Vietnam, Vietnam War refugee. What? <laughs> That's not the right word. No, probably not. Chase Lawrence, is it? His brother is a... What is it? Big, big lad. Well, I don't know why. I, I just Googled Trevor Lawrence's brother, and now I've got a picture of uh, Trevor Lawrence right up against Sarah Jessica Parker for some reason. <laughs> well, this isn't going to make for, for great listening. You're, to- you're totally messing this one up. I'm going to have no, to I'm not going to play that. do 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 Oh, wonderful. Cool. Nice. <laughs> Vietnamese war... Opposer? What's the word? Protester. Protester. A Vietnamese war protester. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. Look at them, though. Yes, viewers, look at him on this audio medium. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to ban you from Googling stuff through the course of this podcast. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. And um, Darren, do you want to stick around and do another one after this? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, then. Cool. I'm excited because we get to talk about week one of the NFL season on our next podcast because that's coming up real soon. So, yeah, expect it. Mic drop. Expect, expect it. Patronum. Endeavor for Trevor. <laughs> Goodbye.